Welcome to episode number 187 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping passion-led online business owners and entrepreneurs learn how to use social media as a tool to grow your business. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and I'm fiercely committed to helping you understand both the how and the why of social media marketing so that you can build your community, create connections, and make your difference in the world. And as always, our podcasts are brought to you by our free course. You can find it by going to onlinedrea.com slash free, that's F-R-E-E. Grab the course. It's like the Costco sample version of everything we teach in our program in the Savvy Social School. Social media strategy from start to finish, plus bonuses like done for you captions and graphics. Again, that's onlinedrea.com slash free. I'm super excited for today's guest, Allie Lefevre, who is one of the amazing, brilliant humans behind Obedient, a humor branding agency, the first of its kind. Obedient believes that standing out isn't a matter of taste, it's a matter of survival. Obedient was founded by Allie Lefevre and Lindsay Rush also known as the bad girls of branding. They believe that traditional marketing is dead and they invite brands of all sizes and at all stages to join them in dancing on its grave in order to bring new life to their objectives. I love everything that their agency is all about. Such a fun company. And with that, Allie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. When I hear you read our bio out loud, it sounds insane. <laughs> so I appreciate that. And the bad girls of branding is, is, is a joke title. We don't really force anyone to call us that. So <laughs> self self-named. <laughs> I'm okay with getting like little lanyards or stickers or something. Like that sounds a lot of fun. Like a back tattoo or something. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I love it. So tell me about this start of your branding company, Um, Were you always into the humorous side or how did that develop for you? Yeah, well, Lindsay and I have been best friends for years. So uh, we were both kind of working independently. I worked at consulting firms for many years, kind of in the brand strategy space. And then I was at a startup and then I was on my own teaching branding and developing branding and ads, et cetera, for, for businesses. And then she was a copywriter running a copy shop. And the tactic that we always used um, kind of in every project we deployed was some version of humor. And at the time, I don't think we really thought of it as like a true strategy. It just was what we thought was the most, uh, the approach that was, you know, because there's so many shades of it. Uh, There's everything from like shock value to clever wit to silly and offbeat and playful and endearing that we just thought it was such a smart approach and it was so underutilized and so kind of notoriously hard to do that we felt like both of us were pretty good at it. And so it was something that we were using in, with all of our clients because it could do everything from humanize a brand, make it incredibly memorable, make it uh, very endearing, make it very warm, make it very surprising, like all of these things that you want your brand to make people feel and experience humor does so well. It's just an awesome open door. It's a give before it's a take because you're giving someone a good experience and a good feeling and a good laugh before you ask for a single thing from them. And then about six years ago, we were kind of hanging out in my kitchen, which is where I am right now. And we were just toying with the idea, what if we started an agency together? We do everything together. We love working with each other, even just as buds. And we built an entire agency around the idea that fun sells. There's a better way to do marketing. Traditional marketing tactics we think are 
are dead, they're predatory, they're boring. And what if we kind of, you know, embraced a whole different direction. And so that's how Obedient was born. And the name came from the idea that we wanted to do things very tongue in cheek. We wanted to do things uh, you know, in a very disobedient way, but the name Obedient kind of arose from that idea. I love this passion for humor as well. I think that there are a lot of people who take themselves very seriously, and especially in the world of online marketing and digital marketing, there's such an opportunity for brands to bring humor to their branding. Um, and actually, I think it makes them more memorable, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. So, in thinking about this idea of branding, where do we start when it comes to building out a memorable brand? Something, you know, you mentioned like not traditionally, um, not no traditional marketing. So how do we start with this memorable brand? Yeah, well, you know, we definitely have like traditional frameworks in the sense of what we think is important and necessary to consider when developing a brand, right? So we're looking at audience psychographics and segmentation, and we're looking at brand goals and objectives. We're looking at um, what, you know, the current audience and what's resonating with them historically, or kind of what's the message they want to convey, how saturated is their industry, kind of all those variables. And then what we're saying, okay, what's, what's kind of the central core idea here? What's the thing we want people to know about our, about this brand that we're working on? And then how to, how do we say it in a, in a creative way that is both clear and also incredibly entertaining so that people remember you, right? And and it also has to be cohesive and it also has to be like very unique and differentiated than what else is out there. And so, you know, a lot of times once we kind of take in all of those objectives of a brand, we're saying, okay, we're coming up with, we start, we usually start by coming up with like, what are kind of the core messages? And then we heighten and tighten all of them to go, how do we say this in an interesting way? And that's when we start to figure out tone and tactic. Are they, do they have more of an offbeat, silly, playful approach? Do they use puns and wordplay? Is it very straightforward and dry? Is it very clever and witty? And it takes you a second. Like, what is that style that works? Because every style also elicits a different response and feeling and evokes a different emotion from the audience. And so it, like we want to make sure that it's a very well-rounded, well-thought-out experience, and we don't lose like the clarity of the message for a good joke. Um, so yeah, it's like really nuanced and layered. Um, as much as we're creatives, we're very highly methodical and very operationally focused and very systematized, and we have archetypes that we've developed that we play with and combine. So yeah, there's a lot of methodology to the madness of brand development, for sure. And once these brands are developed, I'm curious how that how the application comes into play, specifically on social media. You know, um, I'm seeing this shift on social media away from the more corporate traditional brand to having a more of a personality. Like brands that stick out these days have a big personality. So what does that look like on social media? How does that show up for brands? First of all, I think it should feel cohesive to some degree, right? If you're a very buttoned up brand in kind of every other aspect of your business, it it does feel weird, really disjointed to go kind of hog wild on social. But I do think that social is a medium where you can play and flex a little bit more into different styles and tones. Um, the thing I think is really important is kind of understanding like, what are your goals there? Is it to educate your audience? Is it to just simply entertain? Is it to engage with them in some meaningful way and like draw a dialogue? Is it just have like really clever, witty observations? Is it to stay on top of the, you know, stay within the zeitgeist and on top of like pop culture moments? Because 
if you try to do it all, it can feel really messy and chaotic. And there are definitely brands that uh, it's maybe not a well thought out strategy. And so um, you definitely want to have some kind of game plan going into it. But I think it's the biggest thing is like, once you start to understand your audience, you you start to learn how to speak with them. You know, for us as, a, as an agency, we're very, very silly. Like we have a kind of a tone that's like a mix between very straightforward and maybe like a little bit of an authoritative take. And then it's mixed with really silly offbeat. And that shines through in, in kind of every post. And we're very goofy and we're very playful. And, and so I think it's important to kind of understand those things so you can play because otherwise it just looks messy and unexpected. And I think that can also really leave the wrong taste in your audience's mouth. Yes. I'm so glad that you mentioned the word cohesive because I do think that social media is really a reflection of what's happening in your business. And where a lot of brands get disjointed, and I see this on my end, like running a social media agency, is they come to us and then they're like, we want to be fun and we want to be hip. And that's like nowhere in their branding. And so it's really hard to kind of bring that energy if that energy isn't in the brand in the first place. So I really like that you mentioned some of that. Um, and now I do want to talk about your social strategy because there are two of you and you do have such big personalities. How do you approach creating content? What's the balance like between the two of you? Yeah, well, we get along so well and we have the best time in the whole wide world. And so I think obedient is very much a reflection of kind of our, like an amalgamation of our personalities. And that gets really reflected in our social. In terms of our strategy, you know, we when we kind of started online, we had each, you know, a little bit of a personal following and we had been in kind of in this space for a while. But when we started Obedient, it was like, okay, well, we have to bring a different voice to the forefront because it's not Allie and it's not Lindsay. It's like a combination of what that sounds like. And it's also like the broader agency because we have team members, et cetera. So it's like, what's the ethos and the perspective of our agency? So taking that into consideration was a big piece. In terms of our approach, I think for, you know, initially, to be so transparent with you, initially, we would do a whole combination of things to try to see what landed. It would be sometimes we're sharing insights and, and perspectives of like what it's like to, you know, our take and our kind of our ethos in terms of how we approach branding and marketing and advertising. Sometimes it was like a peek behind the scenes. Sometimes it was like getting personal with the founders. Sometimes it was just us real time doing taglines and branding and doing kind of funny fake portfolios. Sometimes it was client work. And what we found is that we, about a year and a half ago, we developed this thing called, can they brand that? And it was kept separate from our social for a while. And essentially what that was is we kept saying, we think the best strategy for us on social would be to show our talent, not just to talk about our talent. Because what we were finding is previously we were drawing in fans as opposed to potential clients. And we were saying, how do we how do we make that shift so that people can see how we think and how we play and how we approach our work? So it's not just we don't want to build a world of like sycophants necessarily because we don't offer courses or programs or anything like that. And we don't, we're not looking for people to, to do what we do. We want to have people hire us. And so we developed this thing called Can They Brand That? And what we did, is it started out as a YouTube show and we would take a brand and we would set the clock for 20 minutes and we would do no prep work and we would ideate and brainstorm as many taglines, one-liners, campaign ideas as we could. We'd cut the video down to like two and a half to four minutes and we put it up on social. And then we started tagging the brands in it that we wanted to engage with us. That has been the best marketing strategy for us on social. 
we have gotten hired by a number of the brands that have seen us in that space that we've tagged, that we've done these fun little brainstorms for because they realize like, I like the way they think. I like the way they play together and interact. And it was a way to kind of show that piece of our agency, which was very unique. Like we, as far as we knew, no other agency was willing to kind of put themselves on the line and go, can they be creative on the spot? You know, and obviously there's so much more strategy that goes into an actual client project, but it was just a fun taste. So we decided to kind of solely focus on that now. And that's, so when, when previously we were posting multiple times a day and drawing in an audience and building an audience, but really building in uh, a fan base, we decided to pivot, do it less frequently. And now we get to draw in the right type of clients. And that's super exciting. So it is, you know, we have had a little bit of a unique approach to how we've been leveraging social for sure. That's amazing. I love this strategy and I want to deep dive into it. I love that you talked about the difference between a fan and a client. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about how you track that internally. Um, because I do think social media is tough to track, you know, draw a direct line from like this post becomes a client. Now, it seems a little bit different because you are calling out specific people, but do yeah. you have internal tracking to kind of measure the success of these campaigns? Yeah. So when when it comes to can they brand that, they're, again, we think of them as kind of like episodes, right? So some have been that the specific brand reaches out to us in some capacity, right? They either message us back on Instagram, they end up in our pipeline. And so when they're filling out the form, they are filling out, yeah, hey, you, we saw that you tagged us on social media. Or sometimes it's it's other awesome brands that maybe are part of like their sister company, parent company, maybe they're in the similar industry and they've seen one of our Can They Brand That's. And they reach out to us and as part of our questionnaire and our intake form, that's one of our questions, like kind of how did you find us? And ever since we've really uh, leaned into that strategy, that's been a big way that a, a large majority of our clients have kind of come into our pipeline, which has been really cool. And I think before that, in terms of like what made us kind of switch in that direction, we were just kind of taking the temperature all the time in terms of who was interacting, who was engaging with us, who was reaching out. A lot of people were email or messaging us and you know DMing us saying, "Hey, we, I want to work for you," and we just started to get that so often that we're like, "It seems like we don't have the right strategy in place because the the right things aren't happening, and we're investing a lot of time and, and energy here." So that was the kind of the the reason for the pivot. So it's not like there's not. Um, I would say it's much more uh, organic in terms of how we're aggregating information and data. It's much more subjective how it's happening, but we have noticed a a huge shift. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with subjective, by the way. I think that that's the biggest biggest part about social media. And one of the biggest challenges is it is hard to draw that line. But I love just looking at the the strength of the business itself, the leads and inquiries that you're getting in and using that as your barometer of success. I think that's great. And it's so interesting, like the quality of, of people reaching out changed with that shift of yeah. creating the new show. How you said, how do we brand that is the name of it? Can they brand that? Can they brand that? Can yeah. they brand that? I love it. Um, I'm curious as well about the show itself. So how does it work? How long does it take you to produce? Can you walk us through start to finish what that looks like? Yeah. I mean, the cool part is it's pretty, it's a pretty quick turnover. So the day before we have it scheduled on the calendar, we'll just message each other and go, Hey, like any brands running through your head that you think would be fun 
that we either like, this is an industry you'd want to work in. This is a product we've been using lately. We think is really rad. This is a, you know, maybe it's a kind of adjacent to another product we worked on that we think it would be really fun. And then we literally show up and we don't, don't do any prep work. I mean, it's hard not to think about it for a few minutes before you, you sit behind a, you know, a screen. But truly, we're not like taking notes in advance or brainstorming or developing taglines on the sly or anything. So it's, we literally set a timer for 20 minutes. In the past, we did it in 10 minutes. And then we found, we felt like we were, you know, up against the clock. And we're like, okay, we think we need a few more just to, you know, to get warmed up and get some ideas rolling. We set the clock for 20 minutes and we're just on Zoom and we have a backup file on GarageBand that we're recording and then we see what comes out and then we distill that down into two and a half to four minutes. We have a podcast or a, um, a video editor, but Lindsay and I map out all the cuts that we want because we want to make sure that it starts a certain way, ends a certain way, and then certain pieces are highlighted because there's times that we're just kind of dead air going like, huh, what would be good? You know, so they're not all good ideas. And we don't always just keep the good ideas in the video. Sometimes the flops are in there too, because they're funny and they like lead to other silly things. Like, I think that's our biggest philosophy. There's no such thing as a bad brainstorm. They're all, and could, could be like an A to C idea eventually. But yeah, so then we distill it down to that. And w- when we release it, we release it on our social platforms. We release it on YouTube. We release it, we send it, we have a, a nice list that we um, we reach out to and we send the video. And then what we do is we we take our top like four to five ideas and we actually design them into spec work campaigns to see like what would these ideas look like if they came to life. Then we write out the whole list of all the other ideas that maybe weren't highlighted in the in a two and a half to four minute video that kind of came out. And it's been fun. We've done everything from native deodorant who is now one of our clients to um we just did one for thanksgiving that we're about to release so we try to pick absurd things that we want to bring we've done franzia wine we've done uh trying to think of other recent ones we've done we've done casper mattresses we've done a lot of different things because we want to try to flex our creative muscles in different directions That's beautiful. And I think that the great thing about this asset that you're creating is it's exactly what you said. You're getting to show what you can do to that ideal potential client by, you know, showcasing other brands or potentially that brand becomes your client as well. And it doesn't seem to take you too much time to create the asset. So I I love that as well. Because I think some people spend, you know, hours and hours and hours of time to produce content. Um, and you've come up with a way to kind of shortcut that process. Yeah. And that, you know, I think the thing we, we start, we started to look internally and go, okay, what's, what's our sweet spot. And we go, okay, well, we love, we love the game of creating and ideating and conceptualizing. We're quick again, like when we're working on a client project, it's not 20 minutes, but like, we know we could riff a lot of ideas. Cause we, we were like looking at the way we would brainstorm initially for projects. And our first brainstorm for a new client is always just kind of chaos, right? It's like every idea we can get on paper. And then we start to like make sense of things and organize and that really juts out and that lands and that makes sense. So, um, yeah. And so we go, okay, how do we, how do we leverage our skill set? We don't want it to take a ton of time. We want it to be an accurate reflection of what we do as an agency. And then, you know, we want it to feel like it's shareable on social, which was a big piece because people have very short attention spans. So, yeah, and that's kind of how it was born. 
I love this. And I think it could translate so well into a lot of the shifts that are happening in social media right now with the kind of evolution of TikTok and micro video content pieces and that sort of thing. So how do you see you kind of working on this for the rest of 2022? Do you see yourself evolving into using some of those new platforms? What's coming down the pipeline as far as marketing goes? Well, I'm the holdout between the two of us. I'm personally not um, a big social media user. I used to be back in the day. You know, I really leveraged it to kind of grow my business. I'm I feel like I just don't, it feels like the landscape has changed a little bit in terms of the type of content that I want to absorb into my body all day long. And so I've kind of pulled back from social it just per, in terms of personal use. And so I'm sure, and Lindsay uses a lot more than I do. So I'm very like, I am game on gung ho to like do can they brand that's for the whole 2022. Do I want to talk to a camera and to do TikToks. No, I just don't. <laughs> so I really love like, so we're, we're working with, um, we have internal designers, but we also have like a video editor who's, we're going to bring in, in, uh, we're redoing our whole website and everything. So when we have our new branding, we're going to kind of rethink our editing of our, can they brand that? So like definitely want to spruce it up and be able to like extract images and clips and kind of disperse it other places. But, um, yeah, I think that's where my willingness stops. <laughs> I love creative all day long. I would rather read a book <laughs> than be on social media. And I don't say that to 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 be disrespectful to to your work or anything. I I it's an awesome platform. It has done wonders for us. It's just my personal usage has declined as my age has increased. <laughs> you, listen, you're not alone in that. We hear that so often, especially with business owners. You know, a lot of our listeners are either business owners or they're marketers and you know, it's one thing to do it for your business, totally different thing to like hang out on social personally. Sure. So yeah. definitely understand that. Um, and I do think there's like co- putting my coaching hat on for a sec. There's a lot of opportunity to take this show to TikTok. Because there are a lot of brands who are doing some interesting things content-wise, you know, being irreverent in their branding or creating these tongue-in-cheek videos that I think could be so interesting for you to incorporate that somehow. But you don't have to do that. That's just me talking. (laughs) No, I think it's great. I think it's great um, advice. And I have a friend who has like a big TikTok following and he keeps encouraging us to do that. And we're both like, okay, (laughs) what does that entail? So I feel like all of a sudden, when did I become like the old lady in the room? I don't know. But I hear that. And I do agree with you. There's probably a lot we could do and even, yeah, kind of taking the same concept and really make it viable for that platform for sure. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of potential there. Yeah. So what else is coming up for you in the new year? Yeah. Well, it's exciting. So we have, um, we're kind of in the middle of a rebrand ourselves with obedience. So that's something that we should have rolling out in Q1. Um, we are in the midst of a lot of really cool client projects. We're working on an ice cream brand. We're working on a body care brand, um, a beverage company, um, a golf apparel. So there's a lot of fun things that we're working on that we're rolling out. An interesting project that's kind of still simmering we, we haven't gotten the green light, but we've been talking to this client for a, a while, potential client for a while is um, it's related to funeral services. And that's something that we've always said, can we brand like a funeral? 
Like, could we brand that in a way that was both respectful and, you know, made, you know, brought lightness to a situation without making light of it. So that is really an exciting potential in our pipeline, because I think it would stretch us the most creatively to say, how do we find that balance? So we are stoked about everything, but that one is really kind of making our heads swirl a little bit, which could be really cool. Um, you know, we have a couple podcasts that we run. Um, we had done Can I Brand That as a podcast. We kind of realized we liked it better as a video series. And for um, a while, we were running, uh, we had a podcast called Brand Splaining, and that was really fun. And we were doing some interviews. And so we've been thinking about reconceptualizing that and bringing it back in a different format because that was great. Uh, it just, I think we got busy and became a lot of, a lot of different things. We have another podcast that's just like purely for fun and joy. It's very silly. And we've done that for six years. And, and so we don't want to let, we want to give time to that always. So we've, yeah, we have a lot of things kind of in the pipeline, but for us, yeah, it's all very agency client focused. Um, you know, I would love to send you guys to like a lead magnet or a workshop or course. We don't have any of that cooking. I don't know if we plan to cook any of that up. Um, we're really just kind of, yeah, doing a lot of client-focused stuff right now. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. And everything is at obedientagency.com? It is. Yeah. Yeah. And if you opt into our site, we send out our can they brand that's, but we also send out something called Ask Obedient, where we talk a lot about like insider tips from our industry or how we approach things and kind of creative takes. And when you sign up for our list, you hear from our fake social media intern that we made up years ago. And he takes you through the entire journey of Obedient. And he's this 65-year-old man named Gary, who is like a silly goose and the most delightful thing we ever created. So, um, you know, as a little incentive, <laughs> he's a real joy <laughs> to get in your inbox. <laughs> I am definitely going to go hang out with Gary after this. I'm signing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for those of you watching or listening, I'm going to put the links in the show notes, which you can find at onlinedrea.com slash 187. Allie, this has been so great. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You're a delight and great questions and very different than I have been asked historically. So I appreciate it. So yeah, great to be here. Awesome. And thank you, dear listener, for listening to the show. As always, we're forever grateful for you uh, because you're the reason why we're in the top 100 marketing podcasts in the US, Australia, UK, and Canada. We appreciate you. If you want to show us some love, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, helps out the show. And we'll be back next week with another episode for your ear holes. We'll see you then. Bye for now.